Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Have you ever faced a season when you felt like you were just drifting through life, right? You're just kind of existing, going through the motions, taking one step at a time. And then finally, you kind of come to your senses and you have this clarifying question as you're looking around at your life and you go, how did I get here, right? How long have I been drifting through life, and, and I wonder sometimes, because I think every one of us, we, we wrestle with that at different times, different seasons in our life. And I wonder if uh, there would be, it would be helpful to notice signs along the way when we feel like we're drifting. Because there are. There are some things that you can begin to notice about your life that says, hey, I think I may be drifting right now instead of moving with purpose and intentionality. And so just very quickly, a couple of signs that you may be drifting is one is that you don't really know what you want. And so you, you jump from job to job, relationship to relationship, hobby to hobby, church to church, because you don't really know what you want, but new is better than old, and you might end up finding what you're looking for. Another sign you're drifting is that you're bored and unmotivated, and that usually stems from just sensing a lack of purpose in your own life. A third sign you're drifting is that you rely too much on other people. And so you let others make decisions about your life, where you live, where you work, uh, where you'll eat, uh, things you'll enjoy to do. And so any decision you make, you're looking for other people to give you their opinion and sometimes their permission to do what you're doing. A fourth sign that you're drifting is that you spend too much time on time wasters and not enough time on meaningful actions. And so you've got you've burned hours on social media or watching shows or video games and at the same time as you think about the amount of time that's spent there you go well, I really don't know what else I would do with my life instead otherwise, right? Those are signs that you may be drifting. But I think while those are signs, I think the root cause and the most critical reason of why mo- many people experience drift through life is because they don't really know who God is. They don't really know who God is, which means they don't really know who they are. They don't really know who they are. But when you do know who God is, when you do know what God is like, when you do know God himself through Jesus Christ, actually it pours all kinds of light on who you are. And you find out who you are and your purpose and your meaning. And you end up developing a healthy reliance on other people. And you start to discover how to use your most precious commodity, which is time, and leverage every moment that you can. And it all begins with knowing who God is. And I would say even more important than uh, understanding or recognizing the signs of drift would be, what if you could just bypass that and know how to resist the drift in the first place, right? What if you could just 
move away from that. And so today, what I want to do is I want to show you three truths from the Bible about how you can resist the drift simply by understanding your faith in Jesus Christ. And so, uh, as Josh mentioned, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, or you can click over there on your devices while you're going to Hebrews 10, I do want to welcome you to Lighthouse Community. Happy Mother's Day uh, to all the women out there, all the baby mama uh, who are with us today and joining us online. Um, but I want to welcome you here, and uh, my name is Fritz. I'm one of the pastors. Um, I thank you guys so much for coming and being here on this Sunday morning, and uh, especially want to welcome all of our guests. And then I want to give a shout out to Bluffton Community. Community, Fostoria, any of our friends at Living Hope, and then everybody who's joining us at Lighthouse Community. If you're on the chat, maybe shout in there, amen, I'm here, woohoo, uh, or and raise the roof, uh, right? I don't know, isn't there an emoji about that? Okay, anywho, here we go. Uh, we're in this series, week five, uh, no, excuse me, week six, uh, week six of a series called Focus. Uh, the last five weeks, we've spent our time talking about how Jesus is greater than angels, he's greater than Moses, he's greater than the Old Covenant, he's greater than Old Testament sacrifice sacrifices, all of that, right? And all of those discussions have been leading up to today. So if you have missed any of the previous messages, you can go to mylighthousecommunity.com forward slash listen and get access to all of those. Also, you might not know this, but we are, uh, we are sending our messages to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and maybe a Google something or another. I don't know. I'm not in that world. But anyways, uh, check those out. You can get up to date on all of those messages that are clearly, we're going to leverage those to talk about today. Before we go any further, I would like to take a moment. Let's pray together, uh, and then we're going to dive into our scripture. God, on this morning, we recognize that this morning is a morning you have created. You have created it with intentionality, with purpose, and meaning. And I'm asking for myself, and I'm asking for my family here at Lighthouse Community, would you help us resist simply going through the motions today? I go to church. I listen to the sermon. I take my mom out for lunch or do something nice for her, and then when 4 o'clock hits, that's far enough, and now I can go back to regularly scheduled life. Lord, that instead that today would be a day that we would recognize how amazing and wonderful you are and that you have given us the gift of life, you have given us the gift of Jesus Christ, who in him gives meaning and purpose to absolutely every other relationship and every other activity I will engage in. And so let us come from that place today. And I pray for those who may be seeking to discover more about who you are, that today would be a day of their eyes opening, their ears being able to hear what you have to say to them through the scriptures today. We pray all these things through Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you're joining us online, maybe you'll type amen into the chat. Hey, we're in Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to start in verse 19, um, and I'm going to read in the English Standard Version, but you can follow along in the version that you have or on the screen, and it says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great, high, or a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." 
And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so I want to unpack three truths from this passage. And the first one is this, understand who God is. Understand who God is. See, verse 22 invites us to draw near to God. But there's a few things that you have to know before you draw near to God. The first one is this, is you have to believe that God exists. You just have to know that God is real. In fact, he's more real than anything else. That's what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 is talking about, right? That if anybody is going to come to the Lord, if anybody is going to pursue the Lord, they have to, the starting place is that they believe that God exists and is there. And part of understanding that God exists is that he's the creator of everything, right? He's the creator of everything. The universe exists because of God. You exist because God exists, right? He's the starting point for everything, and this is the starting point for coming to God. And God wants you to know him. He does. Because he's revealed himself through creation. He's revealed himself through the history and acts of Israel. He's revealed himself finally and ultimately through Christ. He's revealing himself through the church still today, right? God has revealed himself so that you would seek him and you would know him. The other thing that Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says is this, is that God rewards those who seek him. You know what the reward is when you seek God? It's God. Yeah, God is the reward. When you seek God, you receive the very thing that you had desired, right? And so he's wanting you to get close to him. And it's impossible to get close to someone you don't know. I mean, think about just like if, you, if you've walked into a party before and you come in, you know, maybe with a close friend or your spouse or someone that you're dating, you go to a party and you can begin to tell who has relationships with each other. Why? Because strangers are standing as far away as possible from other strangers. I don't know who you are. I'm not getting close to you. I might not want to be seen with you, right? Acquaintances may wave to one another. Close friends will shake hands or even hug. But when you're at the party, who do you dance with? Or who should you dance with? <laughs> your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, that, pers that person who's close to you. Why? Why would you dance with them and not with a stranger? Because you know them. And when you know them, you can draw near, you can draw close to them. And so one of the most uh, powerful ways you can anchor yourself when you feel the drift is to understand God, to discover his character, to learn how God has acted in the past, to see what promises he has made, how he has faithfully fulfilled all of those promises, understanding who God is as he himself has revealed himself is the bedrock of faith. It is the bedrock of faith. And when you anchor in understanding God, your faith will hold. Here's the second truth. Understand what Christ has done. Understand what Christ has done. So verse 23 invites us to hold 
unswervingly to the hope we profess. And so what that's basically saying is cling to the gospel of Jesus. But if you're going to cling to the gospel, you have to understand what the gospel is. And sometimes that term can be a little bit um, uh, misunderstood because it can mean a couple of things, right? You'll hear people refer to the gospel, and what they're talking about is the first four books of the New Testament, the gospel of Matthew, the gospel of Mark, Luke, John, right? And so it can refer to those first four books. You may hear somebody else talk about the gospel, and literally what the gospel, what gospel translates into is good news. That's literally what that word means, good news news. And so somebody may be talking about that. But I want to tell you that for the most part, overwhelmingly, when you hear the term gospel at Lighthouse Community, one of the things that we're talking about mostly is what Christ has done. When we talk about the gospel, we're talking about what Christ has done. And and I love Hebrews 10 verses 19 through 21 because it's a bit of a summary of the gospel in just a few verses. It kind of wraps all of that up. Talking about that Jesus' death in our place for our sin is the only open door into God's presence. It's very important. Jesus' death in our place for our sin is the only open door into God's presence. The way the writer says it is this, is that Jesus opened for us through the curtain the way to enter the holy places. Now, he's referring to the curtain in the temple that separated the most holy place from all of the rest of the temple. Now, what you need to understand about this curtain is this curtain was about 60 feet high, it was about 30 feet wide, and it was about four inches thick. Okay, this is how big and wide and thick this, this curtain, in the words of Trump, was huge, right? It was huge. And so think about this. A five-story building, 30 feet wide, which is about from the end of the wood wall to the end of the wood wall, and four inches thick, right? This thing is massive. And the curtain was designed to keep sinful people out. That was its purpose. The curtain was a representation of man's separation from a holy and righteous God because of our sin. That's what the curtain represented. Something amazing happened when Jesus died on the cross. Matthew 27, verses 50 and 51 tell us what happened when he died. Actually, let's do this. Let's read this passage out loud together, beginning with, and Jesus cried out. Are you ready? Go. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Now check this out, okay? He's just died. Verse 51, go. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from 60 feet high, 30 feet wide, four inches thick. The curtain was split in two the moment that Jesus died. The curtain that was made to keep people out was torn in two. This revealed an absolutely critical truth that's tied to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is that now there is no more separation between God and people who will put their faith in Jesus Christ. 
There is no separation. There is no barrier. There is nothing holding between either of them. That Christ's death and reconciliation, or excuse me, and resurrection has reconciled us to the Father by faith. That's what the writer is talking about. And this is the hope that we hold unswervingly to. Listen, when you understand what Christ has done, it will become an anchor to your faith. And it will resist the drift in your life. Here's the third truth. Understand why we are family. Understand why we're family. Verse 24 says, let us stir up one another to love and good deeds. Actually, it says consider. It invites us to take time to meditate and to think up ways that we can stir up each other towards love and good deeds. And what I love about all of most of Hebrews and most of the New Testament in general, it's all written in the plural. If you just look at these verses, it's let us again and again and again. It's our hearts. It's our bodies. It's we together. And you have to understand that our culture is very, very individualistic. We can, actually spend, we can actually be totally isolated while we're in crowds. All you need is earbuds, a screen, and something to do on there. And you can be in the midst of a hun- hundreds, thousands of people and totally isolate yourself from that moment and what's going on. The Bible paints the church, Christians, as a family. A family. A family who helps each other. A family who gives away courage to one another. Why? Because following Jesus is very challenging, especially in a world that's opposed to Christ and is overwhelmed and marked by rebellion against God. It becomes increasingly challenging to follow Jesus. And so we need each other. And the reality is that every one of us at some point have faced difficult seasons in our lives. You've gone through divorce. You've suffered the end of a meaningful relationship in your life. You've lost somebody who meant the world to you. Right? Um, You have battled things like disease and illness. You've had a business fail. You have the weight of sin pressing you down. What I've noticed in my time in ministry is that one of the first things to go in the life of a Christian when life gets very, very difficult and challenging, one of the first things almost always when life gets challenging that leaves is gathering with other Christ followers. People pull away from showing up on Sundays. They pull away from showing up to their small group. And we ask you, well, why? Why do you do that? We'll say, well, I just, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be fake. And I don't want to show up on Sunday morning when everybody's smiling at me and I smile back at them and I tell them everything's fine. When it's not, right? Can, Can I say something just very straightforward to you? No one asked you to show up fake. No one asked you to do that. No one's expecting you to do that. In fact, we invite you to show up real. We invite you to show up just how, however things are going in your life at the moment. Because when you're real, you end up receiving love. You end up receiving support. 
and encouragement, sometimes you need someone else to stir you up. That's what you need. Because we've all been beaten down. We've all been stressed down. And, and in those times, you, you need someone to come along and to stir you up, to remind you who God is, to remind you what Christ has done, to remind you what all of that means for you and the situation that you're in. And so sometimes what you need to do is you need to show up on Sunday morning and you need to get an encouraging word from Jim Holly. There's the laugh right there, right? We all know it. We all know it. Sometimes you, sometimes you got to show up and you got to pray with Shayla Calvin. Sometimes you got to show up and you just got to find Mama Carla and get wrapped up in one of them classic Mama Carla hugs, right? Yeah. <laughs> Scripture tells us that when we gather together in Jesus' name, something supernatural takes place. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 18. And it only takes two or three. And then something special and something supernatural happens. And so if you're going to stay anchored in your faith, you need to understand why we're a family. And you need to understand why you need this family in your life. So understand who God is, understand what Christ has done, and understand why we are a family. And so the question goes, okay, all of that is true. What do I do with that? Well, it's what we talked about from the very beginning. If we're going to resist the drift, here's what I'm inviting you to do today. It's simply this. Understand your faith in Christ. Understand your faith in Christ. You see, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, right? The very next chapter, the first verse after chapter 10 says this. That faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. What this is saying is that your faith becomes the title deed of what you're hoping for. Your faith becomes the evidence of that which you're putting your hope into. Because faith isn't wishing on a star, crossing your fingers and hoping things play out really, really well. Faith is real and faith will transform your life. And I want to help you anchor your faith in Christ through understanding. Because lack of understanding actually might be the greatest threat to experiencing joy in your own personal faith. Let me say that again because that's critical. Lack of understanding may be the greatest personal threat to experiencing joy in your personal faith. Because when you don't understand who God is, you won't trust him. Especially when life gets difficult. When you don't understand what Christ has done, you will try to earn God's forgiveness and his love. You'll misunderstand spiritual growth, and you will place all kinds of religious obligations on top of yourself as well as the people around you. When you don't understand why we're a family, you'll try to do all of this on your own. You'll feel alone. You'll feel like no one cares about you. You'll even end up getting angry at the church because they're not helping you. You'll miss the joy of real friendships with other people who truly care about you. When you resist understanding your faith in Christ, you are more likely to drift away from Christ. And so we're talking about how to resist the drift. How do we do that? I want to share three practical ways very quickly. We can't get into super in-depth on them, but I want to share three practical ways you can anchor yourself with understanding faith in Christ. The first one is this. Read the Bible. 
Listen, there is no better way to understand your faith than to read the Bible, right? This is the only place that God has revealed who he is, what he has done, and that which is still to come. There is no other book in all of creation that contains what the Bible contains. And so you have to start there. And so for some of you, it's just time to start reading your Bible. It's just time, right? And so you've never, some have actually never read the Bible. You've never read it. And so I just want to encourage you with, with, this is just in love as much as possible. It's just time to drop the excuses and come to the place and admit, I don't really want to read the Bible. I know that feels like kind of shocking to say, what? I don't, could I admit that? Listen, if you're not doing it, you don't want to. That's just the reality of it. But if that is you, here's what I would encourage you to do. If you're at the place where you're going, man, I just don't want to read the Bible, do this. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a desire for the scriptures and then read them and see what he does, right? You will be amazed at what the Holy Spirit does in your life, even if it's just one verse, but start somewhere. For others, it's time to move from one verse a day that gets sent to you uh, from the Bible app each day, and now you're ready to actually read through an entire book of the Bible, right? To actually read through an entire book of the Bible. And maybe it's something short. Maybe it's Philemon, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's Third John. That's like 22 verses. But nonetheless, you can say, I read a book, right? I read, it. I read an entire book in the, in the Bible, right? But it's time for you to read, to just sit down and read an entire book, of the Bible. For others, it's actually you're ready to read through an entire testament, either the New Testament or the Old Testament. You know, if you just read uh, three chapters a day, you can read through the entire New Testament in 90 days. Three chapters a day. That's about eight minutes, eight to 12 minutes, depending on your reading speed. If you read five chapters a day, you can do the entire Old Testament in 180 days. Just, just five chapters a day, right? And still others, it's actually time for you to read through the entire Bible to just read through it, right? You've always wanted to do it, but you haven't, right? Listen, I'm telling you, you can do it. You can do it. Three chapters a day. That's it. Three chapters a day. We're talking six. We're less than 10 minutes. Less than 10 minutes and you're there. But read the Bible to discover who God is. It'll change your life. It'll transform who you are from the inside out. You'll be amazed. You'll be shocked what God does simply by reading the Bible. That's the first thing. Here's the second way that you can anchor uh, your faith by understanding your faith. Uh, Show up to your small group and ask questions. Show up to your small group and ask questions. Did did you ever have classes in either high school uh, or maybe college where it was broken up into two segments? One was the lecture, like maybe you had the lecture on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then you had the lab on Tuesday and Thursday or something along those lines. And so what would the lecture would simply be information about what you're studying. And then you would go to the lab and you would practice doing what you had learned, right? So you, you like hook up wires to the frog's legs, right? And it's like, right? Or something like that. Or you're mixing, you have no clue what's in there. And then it just blows up. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. But right, that's the lab. So the lecture sharing information in the lab, you're experimenting. Sunday morning is the lecture. Small groups are the labs. 
Sunday morning's the lecture. Small group is the lab. Small group is the place for you to show up and ask all of the questions that you have about God and about Jesus and about the Holy Spirit. Now, our groups have really solid curriculum that we, we prepare and we use in our small groups. But I'm going to say this. I can think I can say this with, with pretty good guarantee, that your small group would love to talk about the questions you're wrestling with in your own personal time in the scripture. That even if it sets aside a little bit of the time of the curriculum that we have in place, your group would love to talk about the things that you're reading in the Bible in your own time. So you can ask those questions. And not weird questions either. Like, you know, hey, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Uh, and not, not those kinds of questions, like real questions that, that are like in the scriptures, right? And so if you don't understand a passage or a word, you can ask what it means. If you want to know what the Bible has to say about a certain topic, you can ask your small group. Literally, there are believers. See, some of you are thinking right now, does Adam and Eve, did they? I don't know. I don't know, right? You're there, and you, I've lost you. It's gone. It's over. Okay. My wife's still with me. I'm going to talk to you for the next few minutes, um, right? But there are believers in your group who, would, who can help you understand your faith, and I'm going to tell you, if you sign up for a group and you haven't made it, get to your group this week. Don't miss it. I know you got lots of excuses. Don't miss it right? If you haven't signed up for one, on your connection card where it says Lighthouse Groups on the left-hand side, mark that box. We're going to help you get plugged into a group before the semester ends, okay? Make, show up to your small group and ask questions. Here's the third one, last one. Read and discuss a theology book with other growing disciples. Some of you are ready to add another resource to your Bible reading, and it could be a book on theology. And I understand some of you are thinking, isn't that your job? And then you tell us what those things say. No, <laughs> um, not at all. See, theology is the study of God and what that means for us. That's what theology is. And so every single one of us is a theologian. Every one of us, whether you want that mantle or not, we are. Every time you read the Bible, you're doing theology. Every time you share a truth about God, with another person, you're doing theology, right? And, and some of us in this room right now, we have a very, very skinny theology, right? This is not nutritious, right? It's not doing well. You know, like one, maybe two things about God, and that's it. And then others, you have a very robust, a very full theology, but reading and discussing a solid theology book with another growing disciple will actually give you a wider, fuller view of the character of God and understand him more completely. You, this, you're going to realize that the Bible talks about so many other topics, and it is definitive in so many areas that you never even realized before, right? You're going to begin to see how all of Scripture speaks in to certain areas rather just than just living off of one verse for your entire life. And so we've got a resource available at our bookstore called Christian Beliefs, 20 Basics Every Christian Should Know. What I love about this book is it's less than 200 pages, and it's a very easy read. You could literally read and discuss one chapter each week. I mean, just super easy. And so you and a friend, you could pick up a copy on your way out today. You can order one on Amazon, whatever, but then make a plan to read and discuss what you're learning. But you end up anchoring yourself through understanding your faith in Christ, and that will help you resist the drift away from Jesus. 
And so here's the next step you might consider taking today. It's actually on the back of your connection card, or maybe you're online uh, at mylighthousecommunity.com forward slash live. But on the back of your connection card, it's right there. I think it's the second one. I'm making the decision to understand my faith in Christ. And you can share, you can choose one of three ways, or all two or three, it doesn't matter to me, right? But it's reading the Bible, showing up to your small group, reading a theology book with another believer. Uh, It doesn't matter, right? But here's what I'm saying. Make the decision. Decide today that I am going to understand my faith. And in the process of doing that, I know I'm going to resist the drift. Because understanding, when you look at our scripture, it's constantly talking about understanding, 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 understanding who God is, what Christ has done, and why we do this thing together. When you cross into that, it leads to knowing and believing. That changes your life. It changes your life. And we do it together, right? We do it together. So last Sunday, uh, Larry Sewell, one of our elders, was teaching. And he started off his message sharing a, a theoretical, hypothetical situation, right? If you, if you remember this and you were there, if you weren't, go back and watch it. But here's what I want to tell you, right? He, he gave this hypothetical situation of being stranded on a boat in the middle of a lake, drifting, right? Well, that was life for me and my son Levi last Sunday, right? We lived it. We weren't hypothesizing it. We were living it. That's not a word, by the way. So anyways, so Sunday afternoon, Levi and I were on Delaware Lake. We're zipping around. We're having a great time bebopping. And out of nowhere, our boat just died. It just died. And we're out there and saying, right, nothing's going. And it wouldn't start. We're stranded on the lake. We're just drifting and we could see the boat ramp, right? We're like, ah, it's, it's like just a few hundred yards away. So we pulled out the oars. We start oaring, right? No good. <laughs> we're like, all we're doing, we're just like doing one of these numbers as we're oaring. And we're getting frustrated and we're getting angry. And it's like, no, you're oaring wrong. No, you're oaring wrong. Get out of my way. Let me do, you know, all we're just getting frustrated with one another. We're tired. We weren't sure what we were going to do. And then... We saw another boat out in the distance. It's like, oh, and it's kind of just bebopping around, slowly come toward us. So I did the only thing I knew to do, and I lifted up my oar, and I waved it back and forth through the air like I just don't care. And, uh, and I flagged them down, and as they got closer, I explained what had happened and, and that the boat had died. Um, and what they agreed to do is they agreed to tow us back to the boat ramp. And what I want you to know is that it was another boater who got us to safety okay that's what it is to be a part of this family that right there is what it is to be a part of this family when we're stuck when you're frustrated when you're overwhelmed when you don't know what to do you flag down another member of the family And you ask for help. And we show up in each other's lives. We pray for each other. We encourage each other. We remind one another who God is, what Christ has done. And Hebrews even talks about it. We remind each other that one day Jesus is coming back. And it's going to make these present afflictions seem like a distant memory that's barely caught in the rearview mirror when we're overwhelmed in his glory. We help each other anchor our faith in Christ. It's what we do.
And I would say this, that if you're here and you're just on the front end of seeking God, you haven't crossed over to becoming a Christian yet. And you're going, what does any of this have to do with me? Everything that we talked about has to do with you. Because the pathway to saving faith in Jesus Christ is understanding who God is. Understanding what Christ has done for you. And understanding why we're a family and we do this together. It's the same journey. And I'd invite you into it in the same way. How you anchor your faith in Christ for the very first time. But we do that together. I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. And to ask Jesus the question that we ask each weekend. Which is simply, Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? And then I just want to invite you to listen to him. As you're praying, I want to ask you a couple of questions to think about. Who do you know Who could use some encouragement right now? Who do you know who would benefit from some stirring? Who do you know who needs prayer and support? What I want to invite you to do even right now is I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your mind the face or the name of somebody who you know that would benefit from encouragement, from stirring, from love and prayer. And once you have that face or that name, I'm going to ask you to right now, just begin praying for them. Prayer is a powerful tool that the Lord has given us. And you can pray for them right now. Maybe as you were asking the Holy Spirit for a name or a face, maybe the name and the face that came very quickly is one that you recognized immediately because it was your own. Maybe this morning you realized that you're the one who needs prayer, who needs encouragement, who needs stirred up. Let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to sing one more song. And if you'd like to receive prayer, I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat Uh, and come down the aisle to one of the corners. We're going to have prayer leaders who are available to pray with you about anything at all in your life. I'm actually going to ask those prayer leaders if they'll begin making their ways to those corners so that people know that you're ready to pray with them. But they're going to be available to pray with you about anything at all. And you never, ever, ever have to feel embarrassed to want to receive prayer because every single one of us, we need prayer. Every one of us. And we'll pray about anything with you because this is what we are. We're a family we rely on each other. We, we lean on each other. We pray with and for one another. And so what an amazing opportunity to do that this morning. And so if you want prayer, I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask you to head to one of those corners as well as we worship. Before we do that, I'm going to ask you if you're in the house, if you'll stand with me as we prepare. And then I'm going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person who needs prayer right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.